Hey everyone, welcome into the Tuesday edition of Locked On Leafs. I'm Mike and I got Dave Morissuti with me. On today's show, we're going to be recapping Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final. Tampa gets themselves back into the series with a big-time dub. And then tonight is the NHL Awards. And there's a couple of Maple Leafs who can bring home some hardware. We'll discuss their odds at potentially winning those awards and more on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me is my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Lockdown Leafs is a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also now catch us up on video on YouTube. That's Lockdown Leafs on YouTube. And if you missed yesterday's podcast, we gave away the Austin Matthews Leafs jersey. So congratulations to uh, Mike Bradshaw, who ended up coming home with that jersey. Uh, He messaged me, Dave. We got a hold of him and uh, let me know what his address is. So we're going to be shipping that his way. It's funny, too. I got a DM from, I think he said it was his girlfriend as well, saying, oh, my God. I can't believe he won. I don't know. So I maybe they both listen. Uh, the couple the, together both listen to the podcast. So that's that's pretty cool that we uh, we got couples listening to the show now as well. All right, Dave. Uh, a couple things we got to get into today. Um, the NHL awards are tonight in Tampa. Austin Matthews up for a couple of awards: the Hart and the Ted Lindsay. And then Michael Bunting with a chance to win himself the Rookie of the Year Calder Trophy. We will touch on those and see what the odds of them winning those trophies are. And then uh, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of predict who else we think are going to end up with hardware tonight. But before we get into any of that, let's recap Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final. The Lightning rebounding at home after a 7 nothing butt-kicking by the Colorado Avalanche. They came out to play today. 6-2 win over Colorado. We got ourselves a series now. The one thing we said, Chicago could not allow. Oh, sorry. Colorado. Colorado. Wrong C team. (laughs) Colorado could not let Tampa get back to their game. And we saw, well, a couple things we saw was Colorado, when they're not on defensively, they don't have the goaltending to keep them in it. Unfortunately, yeah, and man, Tampa just came like a wave. They just had Colorado just had no answer for what they had tonight. It was uh, it was a little bit surprising in that how how much of a drastic turnaround we, we saw in Game Three versus what we saw in Games One and Two. Just totally different, in my opinion. So I just sent you this tweet. I wanted to bring this up. It's what I tweeted out there because to me, this was the difference of the game. Between Tampa Bay in Game 2 and Tampa Bay in Game 3, it's all about the heat maps. And if you are not an analytics person, um, I, I apologize, but you know I believe in them to an extent. I believe in both. I test and analytics working together. But what we're looking at now on YouTube, if you're watching via video, you can see this. If not, I'll explain it to you on, uh, on audio. 
But we're looking at the heat map, which is a map of where all the shots are taken from in a game, the shot locations. And you could see that Tampa Bay in game two, it is completely white in the slot and inner slot, like completely white. There is nothing in there. And this is all at five on five. There is no shots taken from the slot and inner slot by the Tampa Bay Lightning at five on five um, in the game on Saturday night where they got dummied seven nothing. Fast forward to tonight, David. Go check out the other shot chart from today. Do you notice a difference here, Dave? Just a little bit. Just, just a little just, bit. You see that big old red dot right in front of the, the goaltender? Literally right in front of the goaltender. That is beat beat red. It looks like Kane's mask out in front of the out in front of the, the goal out there. And that was a difference between game two and game three. They they got to the net, and that's a big part of Tampa's game. You're right. Is getting to the net. And if you go and look, on average, uh, they scored all six of their goals on average came from within 15 feet of the net. That is this recipe for success for this team. That's how they beat Toronto. They crashed the net and they scored from right and tight in the inner slot and in the slot. And that is how this team scores. And that's exactly what we saw happen here tonight at the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're able to get back to that. And it was it was successful. Being at home, the crowd helped. They had last change. It allowed them to get the matchups that they wanted. But ultimately, you know, Tampa came to play. They knew that their season basically was on the line tonight. I was listening to Steven Stamkos postgame. He even said, I know it wasn't an elimination game, but it was basically an elimination game. You can't go down 3 nothing and expect to still come back and win four straight against this Colorado team and win a Stanley Cup. They had to win tonight, and they did. No, they did. And they needed Andre Vasilevsky to kind of set the tone a little bit, too. Like I think right, literally right out of the gate, he had an amazing save, dude. That stop on Comfer. So I had I, I legitimately was not sure how that was stopped, and I'm convinced of this. You know the scene in Space Jam where at the end of the game, Michael Jordan is trying to to get the final bucket, and his arm just extends and extends and extends, and then eventually throws it into the into the net there for the final buzzer beater. I'm convinced that. This guy's leg just extends when he wants. He just kicks it out and extends like another six inches, and he gets a toe save because he did that not once but twice tonight. It was unreal. It was unreal. And obviously getting the break on the offside, the the new, first Nutrition goal. Like I, I wonder how different the game would have been. If that not, but, but, I, I love when people say that, and you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not clowning on you for saying it. Obviously, but people say, "Oh, they caught a break," you know, for for them catching. They're offside, right? Like Colorado was offside. They didn't catch a break. It was offside, and it it should not have counted. The referee should have pulled the play down dead. They were able they to challenge have. it, and it was clearly offside, which is why it was overturned. So they didn't catch a break. All right, they just told the refs, "Hey." You didn't do your job properly. You might want to go double check. And they said, okay, you're right. We did it. No goal. But what I mean, and they caught a break was that, yes, it was disallowed because it shouldn't have happened in the first place in terms of the goal. But if Tampa started the game in a hole, I mean, obviously Colorado eventually did score later, but I feel like the momentum could have been different if they yeah. allowed an early goal. Yeah. Yeah. The You probably... You're looking in Vasilevsky maybe would have been thinking, oh, no, not again, because we're getting goals coming in now early and often. And that would have been maybe a, a sign where he sits there and he says, 
are we really about to repeat game two all over again with goals coming in early and often? But uh, yeah, that wasn't the case, though. <laughs> that was not the case. He did let two get past him, but uh, really shut the door, you know, in the third period because the, the the abs pressed in the third period. They were pressing pretty hard. The scoring chances, 17 to 1 were the scoring chances in the third period um, at five on five for the Colorado Avalanche, which is insane. 21 to 4 in general in that third period in all situations. Um, and he was there to make all the stops, every single one. They had what six high danger chances in the in the third period alone, stopped all six of those. So Vasilevsky was being back to being Vasilevsky. And they were taking the puck to the net. They're back to being the old Tampa Bay Lightning that uh, the Maple Leafs grew to hate over that seven-game series. And ultimately, that's why they end up winning um, game three and cut the deficit down to two to one. Uh, I heard uh, John Cooper say there's no update on Nikita Kucherov yet. Um, so unsure of his status going forward, but he did leave the game and didn't return. And that's not good news for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, Nick Paul, dude, what a warrior that guy is to, to stick it out, clearly gutting through it and then scoring a goal also in his first shift back was kind of funny. I, I thought for a second, I was like, is this like this going to be the Steven Stamkos situation all over again? I was just about to mention that, like, obviously Stamkos is a little different in that one shot, one goal, and then sat on the bench the rest of the game. Well, that's what I thought was we were going to see with Nick Paul. I'm like, that dude's laboring. Like he can barely skate. He basically hobbled into the middle of the ice where nobody checked him and he just took the puck and ripped it in. And that was a goal. And I'm like, okay, maybe he's done, but uh, ah, you do gutted it out. Absolute warrior. Uh, we'll see what his status is going forward as well. Clearly he's banged up, but that's the time of the year, man. Everyone plays through injuries. It's that time of the year. Uh, last one before we kind of move on and get to the NHL awards, Darcy Kemper allowed five goals before being pulled tonight. Uh, does he get your start in game four? Or do you think they end up going to, to Pavel Francouz? I think they go with Kemper. Yeah, I think so I think too. Do. Like maybe if they don't win game four, like game four and he's not very good, then you can consider the move. But no, I don't think you make it just after one game. Cause he didn't look bad in the first two games. I mean, they, I don't know if you saw there's a stat. He was never tested in the yeah, first Yeah, he game. wasn't really tested. But if you, I don't know if you saw this stat. I wonder if – I don't know if I still have it somewhere. But the Colorado Avalanche, I think, have a point – well, it might have – at the point after the tweet, it might have gone lower. But they were like .895 collectively for their goals – again uh, for their save percentage in the playoffs for their goaltending, which would, would be like the second worst uh, save percentage cool. combined since like the yeah. 80s. Kemper did have a sub 900 save percentage coming into the cup final. It was sub 900. So it's very possible that that was the case. And uh, he did get a shutout the other night though, but there was what 16 save shutouts. I mean, when 16. Right yeah. I yeah. found it right here from, I wanted to source it to Michael Amato. Shout out. So interesting that Francis and Kemper had combined for 0.899. And then he goes on to, Updates 0.895. I guarantee it's even lower than that. That would be the worst save percentage for any Stanley Cup winning team since the 1988 Oilers. Wow. This is why why many, and like to think this was, this would be Colorado's fourth, third loss in the playoffs or fourth loss in the playoffs. Just the third. third. That's ridiculous. (laughs) 
Kemper has all three losses, though. He does. Like it, it's. Or, I guess technically Francis gets credit for it because he was in the net, but you know what I mean. Yeah. No. It's like it's crazy to think that they have had this tear. This is where I think that many are trying to figure out: Do you need goaltending? Do you not need goaltending? Because the Avalanche have been able to get by with <clears throat> low average goaltending. Well, it depends what type of defense you get to get that night. Because if you can get some stellar defending like you had in game two where you didn't allow Tampa to get to your net at all and you average shots were coming from 50 feet out, kept everything everything to the perimeter, you can get by with average goaltending, subpar goaltending even. But if you're going to allow guys cutting to the net like Sorelli did tonight, put your put your shoulder down like Pat Maroon did, kind of took it out in front of the net and chipped it over the goal. If you're going to allow high danger chances like that um, and the amount that they did tonight, you need top tier goaltending to make those stops. And that's exactly what Vasilevsky is because he made some brilliant stops tonight in tight ones that Darcy Kemper just wasn't able to do. And I think that's why the Colorado Avalanche have been able to figure out a way to get as far as because their defense has been, rock solid yeah so it's it just goes through you need that team game and if you're gonna if well to 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 bring it back to the Leafs since this is a Leafs podcast it it really makes you think okay what's the what's the decision for in net for Toronto do we need to go and get out a bona fide starter or can you get by with an average goaltender maybe slightly above average goaltender and then just make sure that your blue line's intact you know, like the, the, those are going to be, I guess, the the decision or the choices that you'll have, um, and we'll see in which direction they go in. But ultimately, I'm starting to lean in bonafide starter for what I want for the Maple Leafs going forward. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, uh, let's get into the NHL awards tonight because Austin Matthews could be taking home a couple of pieces of hardware tonight. Michael Bunting, a chance to take home some hardware. We'll get into that and more when we return. But first, Dave, have a word from our show sponsor. Yep, of course, our one of our favorites over at Built Bar. You know how our friends at Built are always coming out with amazing new flavors. Well, this time, Built has truly outdone themselves with their new mud pie flavor. And for the first time ever, Built is introducing the new mud pie flavor both in the Built Bar and the built puff so you can get them in bolt styles not sure what mud pie tastes like well if you're a chocolate fan you may want to sit down for this one the new mud pie is rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100 real chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble you've got to try the new mud pie flavor as soon as possible and you need to hurry because the mud pie bar and mud pie puff are only available for a limited time Visit built.com to taste the deliciousness for yourself. I actually just got myself an order of the new built bar products, the granola and the mud pie. So I can't wait to dive in and try those ones out. And if you need any more incentive of why you should try out the built bar, the mud pie flavor is packed with 16 grams of protein, 150 calories and eight grams of sugar. It's like your mom baked the most delicious creamy chocolatey mud pie and wrapped it for you just for you so if you want to take advantage of of our offer here at locked on leafs make sure you go to built.com use the promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your order 
So that is promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order at Built.com. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We are hosts here at Locked On Leafs. Uh, before we get into the NHL awards and stuff, Dave, did you see the Pat Maroon doppelganger in that game? That is, I was, uh, you know, I remember seeing a kid dressing up as Mika Kippersoff one time and I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. And you see some grown adult dressed as Pat Maroon, like legitimately, like that was pretty close. Minus would, the- there's a lot of people saying it kind of looked like uh, Radko Gudis, too. I saw online. It kind of does. Beard. Well, the beard and he just kind of looked like him. Like I saw a tweet. I should have pulled it in, but I did see a tweet of saying, is this supposed to be Pat Maroon or Radko Gudis? And it was like a side by side of them. And I'm like, man, it kind of does look like Radko Gudis. I can't find the tweet right now, but just believe me that it exists. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. The best one of all time, though, is is Paul McLean. Remember the the yeah Paul McLean guy, the uh, the Sens coach at the time, the dude right behind the bench, literally looked more like Paul McLean than Paul McLean did. It's so I don't know iconic, dude. But like, legitimately, I look at that. I looked at that photo because that resurfaced today, and I'm sitting there. I'm looking. I'm like, the guy behind the bench. The guy behind the glass looks more like Paul McClain than Paul McClain. It's just, it was so bizarre. Honestly, so bizarre. Uh, anyway. And you know what? Current Leafs assistant coach, Paul McClain, as well. That's right. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, speaking of Leafs, let's get into a couple of uh, a couple of these awards that are going down tonight. What do you think about the award show happening in Tampa in between games three and four like i'm not a fan of it man i'm just not a fan it basically means that you know neither tampa bay or or colorado can really go out there and celebrate are they gonna be there i don't even know if they're gonna be there or not like is kill mccarty gonna be there to accept his norris he might be there it would be weird it's almost like if he gets it technically i mean hey the other guy that could be getting it is victor hedman Potentially. Yeah. Or Yossi. Or Yossi. I think it's between Yossi and Makar. It might be Yossi's, but I, I just think like I, I I look at it this way. Is the NHL trying to be like the NFL where they do a, their award show the same week as the Super Bowl? But here's the problem. The Super Bowl is a whole week and yeah, I don't think they're trying to do that. Like I, I, I did see the reasoning for it is just because of uh, the late schedule and they've got Canada day. They got us uh 4th of July holiday and they've got the draft. It's just the tight schedule afterwards where typically the Stanley cup final is finished like by now ish. Yeah. And then the following week you can have the award. And then the following week is the draft. So because the entire NHL schedule is pushed back a couple of days, they had to finagle this within the uh within the Stanley Cup final for whatever reason. I, I don't like it. I really I think they could have found a you know do it like two days after. I mean if the cup final is over by what June what's today June twentieth like let's say this thing's we're recording for June twenty first. So June twenty first technically it is anyway it's past midnight. <laughs> June twenty first. I mean if this thing's done in a week um that's the 28th. You hold this thing June 30th. Boom, you're done. 
<laughs> you could easily do that on June 30th. But yeah. anyways, I, I digress. I guess neither of us are big fans of it. I don't think a lot of people are, but eh, it is what it is. At the end of the day, it's also actually, the NHL awards. It's not like uh, yeah, no one cares. <laughs> Like, I, if you're a fan who really cares about the NHL awards, like kudos to you. Like that's nothing. That's not a bad thing. It's just it's more so for the players and those who are going to see it live than those of us at home watching it. We yeah. like, jokes are terrible. The acts usually they bring up are not the best. Don't talk smack about my guy Keenan Thompson, pal. Well, Ke- yeah, but that's only one guy. It's not like the NFL awards where they, they bring out the big guns. Yeah. Either way, the NHL awards are not, will not probably be something that I'm ever going to prioritize my night over unless I get invited to go and watch it live. If I have to go and cover it, obviously being there in person would be cool because then you'd be involved with all the after parties afterwards, but sitting down and prioritizing it being like, yeah, sorry, I don't want to go to the bar because I got to watch the NHL awards. Not my cup of tea, pal. I'll just uh, log on afterwards and see who won <laughs> as opposed to or keep track on Twitter at the bar or something like that uh, or wherever I happen to be. But certainly not something I'm prioritizing myself over. Um, so let's get into a couple of these awards. Let's just predict who we think are going to win some of the awards tonight. So they're giving out five awards, the Hart, the Ted Lindsay, the Calder, the Norris and the Vesna. So all five of those trophies are being handed out tonight. Technically, the GM of the Year award will not be handed out tonight, but I guess they're going to name the three finalists for the award, and it will be handed out midway through round one of the NHL entry draft um, in a couple of weeks. So that's when that award's being handed out for whatever reason. I do not know. Is this does this does this typically happen? I can't remember. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I honestly can't remember what they did the last time they awarded it. Yeah, maybe they're just doing it special because it's going to be uh, the first in-person draft in a few years. So they're like, oh, let's do this GM of the year since it's guaranteed that GM is going to be there because, well, it's the draft. So <laughs> that would make sense. Um, but anyways, wh- why don't we get into some of these trophies that some Leafs players might be in on? So the Hart Trophy for uh, MVP. We were banging the drum pretty hard for Austin Matthews during the season to win the Hart Trophy. And, and that is a, a distinction that I do need to make sure that I explain because I know that most of the people listening to this podcast are diehard hockey fans and do know, uh, you know, about the voting in the NHL. But for those who maybe aren't aware about how the NHL awards are voted upon, these are all voted at the end of the regular season before the playoffs. So however you're you know, mind may be clouded or muddied up over the last couple of weeks or last couple of months based on playoff performance. It really doesn't matter for any of these awards because the the votes were casted prior to the playoffs starting. So they were casted when Austin Matthews was fresh off his 60-goal performance, 60-goal season, breaking all these records, and that is when, you know, that was fresh in the minds of the voters when they had to cast their ballots. So, um, the Hart Trophy for League MVP, it's Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, and Igor Shosturkin are the three finalists. I got to think, Dave, here on Locked On Leafs, we are definitely hoping that Austin Matthews wins, wins this award. But hoping and, you know, hope is one thing. But do we actually believe that Austin Matthews will be the recipient of this award tonight? 
I do think so. I, I think the 60 goals was something that we don't see very often. I know Connor McDavid had an unreal season. I know Igor Shesterkin had an unreal season. But he was, I think his his .82 goals per game in the 73 games he played were the best out of any player since Mario Lemieux in 95-96. Like, we're talking about Mario Lemieux, who I thought was... He's he was such a great player. I even think at times he was underrated in like his greatness. Well, Mario Lemieux, like you'll have some people literally tell you that he's the greatest hockey player of all time. If it wasn't for injuries, he probably would have been, you know, touted as the great one over Gretzky. Now, neither you or I, I guess, were really I mean, we were born during Lemieux's, you know, nineties era run, I suppose, but not really engaged i guess we were very very young so i i can't make that i can't make that whether or not lemieux is better than gretzky or gretzky better than lemieux i just i i'm not sure i haven't seen enough of either of them play at their heights for a consistent period of time i've seen tons of highlights from both but i can't sit there and say that i've watched seasons on seasons on seasons like some other people but there are some old school fellas out there that'll say Merrill lemieux best player in the game all time there are those people I, I don't blame them. Like he he was scoring at rates that were unreal at a time where goal scoring wasn't exactly at its highest either, as well. But yeah, I think I still think. Uh, what was that? I was gonna say, how do we get on that Lemieux rant though? <laughs> oh, because Austin Matthews did something that we haven't seen oh, since. Right. right, 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 right. Which yeah. is why I think he. But I also just think. His two his his play at both ends of the ice garners a lot of attention from those who are going to be. Vo- I, I you always have to think of not just the lens of us who cover the Leafs. What do we think about the voters? Who are the voters going to gravitate towards? I think quite a few have seen what Austin Matthews has done this season, and it's hard to look past. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um... Uh, I also I think it could it could go either way. Like if the, if Matt if McDavid wins, I don't think it's like a controversial pick. I just think that it, the everything seems to be bet, betting towards Matthews. I don't even know what the betting line is for time. I don't know if there's a if Bet Online has any recent. Uh, yeah, we should take a look at those and see. Although I most of the betting sites took down all of those like long ago when the playoffs started. I do not have uh, an email. I'll, yeah, well, I'll double check and make and see if there's some some betting wagers out there. But when it comes to Matthews, to me, the biggest thing is like 60 goals. The hardest thing to do in the NHL is score goals. The most valuable thing you can do for your team is score goals because the point of the game is to score more than the other team. So uh, for me, Austin Matthews definitely, I think, is should be the MVP, should be the Hart Trophy winner. Um, I, I really think that he's going to do it too. I think just a lot of narratives – uh, surrounding him. And then it's the play away from the puck that really allowed him to solidify himself as like a dominant two-way player this season. And that's what I think will put him in that conversation to just nudge him a little bit past Connor McDavid this year um, for that Hart Trophy. He just kind of turned into a bit of a different beast, a different animal at this point in the season. The one that I'm curious about, which is a little bit more of a 50-50 to me, is going to be the Ted Lindsay. 
This is the best player in the league voted upon by his peers. So voted upon by his players. How many are going to, like, we believe that Matthews will get MVP, the Hart Trophy. But how many will vote him as the best player in the league as the Ted Lindsay winner? Typically, this will go hand in hand, Hart and Ted Lindsay. You'll see both players take home both um, both piece of hardware on the same night. I'm not so certain. I I, 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 a, I think Matthews may win this thing, but this one's way closer to me than the Hart. The Hart to me is like I'm 68% sold that Matthews is going to win this thing. This is like 52-48 Matthews McDavid for me for the Ted Lindsay. Yeah, I think reputation of McDavid might you know everyone knows him as one of the best players in the league, if not the best player in the league, depending on who you ask. Yeah. Um I just think that what he he just continues to find ways to just score at unprecedented amounts, take over games. He's like one of the toughest players to defend. So like that reputation alone, I think what puts him a little bit above Matthews. But then you hear how many players marvel at the fact that Matthews scored 60 this year. Yeah. It hasn't been done in a decade. Right. That gets a lot of attention from players. The only about it all the time too. Yeah. The only thing that worries me about it. um, I remember when we were doing, we were looking at the NHL player poll. The, the NHLPA player poll, and I think a majority of the votes for best player in the NHL came in as Connor McDavid. Um, I, now, I don't know when that poll was taken, whether or not that was a early season poll, a mid-season poll, random poll, but you know, most people still, just based off of who he is, name, shock value, will probably just put McDavid. Like they'll just write it in there just because if it's a 50, 50 tie goes to Connor. Like that's how I feel like most, uh, most voters or the players, I suppose are the ones who voted probably went about voting for the Ted Lindsay, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Player poll was done during the regular season, but when during the regular season, I would assume beginning of the regular season. I don't think they're going like, Hey, middle of your season here, do this survey. Right. So that's what I mean. Like, how is it possible that, from that player poll that maybe was done in October, November, watching what Matthews went on to do the months afterwards, did that change the minds of a lot of voters? And maybe they'll put Matthews as their end of season ballot winner and he could turn out to be your Ted Lindsay winner. Right. So I think that's why it's important to know when exactly that poll came out or when that poll was answered by the players. If it was early in the season, that makes me feel a lot better about Austin Matthews because at the beginning of the year, yeah, it was a slam dunk. It was McDavid as the best player in the league. But then as the year progressed, Matthews put himself in that conversation. I mean, the guy scored 50 goals in a 50 game span. That is unfreaking believable. It hadn't been done in almost 30 years. You know what I mean? So I, it'll be interesting to see how the players view those feats that Matthews did this year and whether or not it's deserving of the Ted Lindsay, or if it's just going to go to Connor McDavid, who's widely considered the best player on any given year, but maybe Matthews just maybe will be able to take the throne this season. Uh, there's a couple other trophies that will be handed out tonight, including the Calder trophy. Uh, we'll take a quick break. And when we get back, We'll tell you about uh, the 
Calder Trophy nominees, one of which a Toronto Maple Leaf, and then the Norris and Vezina nominees, and we'll make our predictions of that. On the other side, listen to the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. Uh, we are your hosts here at the Locked On Lease podcast. Uh, thank you so much to everybody, by the way, who contributed to our last episode where we gave away the Maple Leafs jersey. We had over 100 comments, and congratulations to Mike Bradshaw, who uh, I got in touch with. He's getting his jersey, so congrats to you, and thank you to everybody else who subscribed. Continue to listen to the podcast and uh are part of the community we haven't plugged the discord channel in a little bit go check out the discord because that thing pops off all the time lots of free agent talk draft talk trade talk it's basically an armchair gm on your phone (laughs) is essentially what it is it's so much fun just getting into the conversation with uh with all the good folks on our discord we're going to leave the the link down below you can go check that out and sign up and, and be part of the crew as we continue to talk as draft lead up and for agent lead up. And then even through the off season, um, as there's so much, so much to talk about, cause it's the Toronto Maple Leafs and it's, well, it's, it's never a dull day. Um, speaking of the Toronto Maple Leafs, there is one more trophy that a Maple Leaf could take home tonight at the NHL awards. And that's the Calder trophy, Michael Bunting, who many don't believe should win the Calder trophy based on his age. He is eligible. He is completely 100% eligible, and I will not stand for it. Anyone who takes his age into account if you don't want to give him the trophy. But anyways, he's going up against Trevor Zegris, who's just an absolute star, just based on his skill. And then Mo Sider, stud defenseman out of Colorado. We've gotten into this conversation a couple of times. Are you still you still thinking that Mo Sider will take it home tonight? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I, I just think he was most ice time by rookies. He was just the fifth defenseman in the cap, rookie defenseman in the cap era to have 50 or more points in a season. That's he, Yeah, uh, he played 23 minutes a night. Yeah, uh, see, I'm less, I'm less impressed by that just because that team sucked. Like that was such an awful team where, you know, a young, a young kid coming in to play rookie as a rookie was their best defenseman. So he had to play those minutes. That's fair. No, that is fair. Um, yeah, no, I just think on Tampa, he would have been playing 14, 15 minutes as a third pair guy. I think he would have been playing second pair if he was in Tampa. They do. They do need the young rookies to step up because they can't afford to be paying a bunch of guys. But no, I I do think yeah, I do think yeah, the time on ice is skewed by the fact that he plays on a team that's not very good. Um, but yeah, no, I just think there's other accolades like I mentioned the you know the points, um, like that 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 alone too. Just it's so hard to score as a defenseman in this league. And he did it at a rate that we haven't seen very often. Yeah, and I don't. I think Trevor Zegers is going to come in third. I, I there will be some bias on those who like the flashiness. I know he he was at point eight one points per game, which is second to Matt Boldy, but Boldy also only played forty seven games, so you kind of take that with a bit of a grain of salt. I, I think Bunting will get some love, though. I do think so. I think he was put. Yeah, people are going to say, "Oh, he played with Austin Matthews." 
it's not easy to come in as a rookie or has and or even in this case a guy like Michael Bundy who has never played a full season in the NHL and then you're like here go play with two top 10 players in the NHL and produce even seasoned veterans with over a hundred plus games of NHL experience have had tough time playing with these guys, i.e. Nick Ritchie, who was given the chance to play with these guys at the beginning of the season, failed miserably, which made way for Michael Bunting to kick him off of that line and stick there full time. And look, my ultimate mic drop, ultimate mic drop for Michael Bunting for why he should 1000% win rookie of the year tonight don't know if he's going to but he should um statistically he had way better year than anybody any other rookie there is michael bunting scored just as many points at five on five than connor mcdavid just as many points at five on five than connor mcdavid in one less game and nearly 300 less total minutes so you'd look at it as points per 60 you want to go as a per 60 route? He's way more. He scored at a better clip than Connor McDavid at five on five. You're going to tell me that that dude's not, isn't deserving of a rookie of the year award. I was saying he's not deserving. Oh, that, 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 okay. But where's Mo Sider's numbers saying that he's up there with Kale McCarr and Adam Fox and Victor Hedman? Well, I mean, I mean, he, Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes were among those in the 50 club by rookie defenseman. So Will Sider was in that company. But yeah, but I'm talking this year, David. I haven't yeah. looked at, yeah. I haven't dived into those numbers as deeply. I know you are very much on the Michael Bunting train. And look, if Michael Bunting wins it, guess what? It's good for us. It's good for it us to talk great. about. But also, like another thing, everyone says, well, you know, he, he's playing with Matthews and Marner, so he rides the coattails. If he was riding coattails, he would have a bunch of secondary assists. But that just isn't the case. Of his 58 points at 5-on-5 that he had this year, only 15 of them were secondary points. Only 15, which means 43 of his 58 points were primary points for Michael Bunting. The guy helps drive play. He simply does. Give that man the calder. Give it to him. I feel like... If We're Michael back Bunting. here tomorrow, and Mike is going to be very salty if Michael Bunting does not win the Calder. The sad part is, I don't think he's going to win it. But it is just absolute BS, because if Michael Bunting was 20 years old, this would be a hands down, hands down. They would be handing this guy the trophy. They probably would have announced it three weeks ago. They wouldn't have even waited until tonight. They would have announced it because it wouldn't have even been uh, uh, any type of you know uh, comp contest, no competition, right? Would have been very anticlimactic. Everyone would have known that it was going to be Michael Bunting, but because he's 26 and he's just barely eligible, you can't give it to a 26 year old. He's played pro hockey for X Y Z years. He's eligible, man. He's eligible. Give him the trophy that he deserves. I really hope for your sake we're not. I I hope he wins so that we have a happy mic. I hope so too. I hope so too. All yes. right. I think we also. Oh, okay. I gotta get your, just your last thought. Vesna, who's winning that one? Uh, this is this is one that's been like it's Igor Shosturkin and nobody else. 
Mm, okay. I, I do think so too. I think Jacob Marsham put up a pretty good second like runner up with nine shutouts this season. And he was very much the reason why Calgary even won that division this year. But yeah, no, I think it's it was like Igor Shisterkin if he had sustained what he did, he would have been very much higher up in the Calder tro- like in the sorry, the Hart trophy race. But he kind of fought Kind of that, that was so hard for him to stay for the rest of the year. Uh, also, the Norris that one's tough, man. That one's so tough. Like, uh, I honestly like flip a coin, Kale McCarr or Roman Yossi. I got like actual money on Kale McCarr to win it, so let's hope Kale McCarr wins. But if Yossi ends up winning it, it's also extremely well deserved. But I'm going to just say Kale McCarr just so I can hopefully will it into existence so I can get some money back in my bank account. There are, if you like, you like your stats, I got some stats here for you, Mike. Yeah. So he obviously he had 28 goals this year. Yeah. Third most in the cap era by a defenseman. That's that's not too bad. 1.12 points per game mark is also number two to Yossi's 1.20. Yeah, he also missed a lot of time too this yep. year. He averaged twenty-five minutes, twenty-five forty, had the best goals for percentage in all situations, sixty-eight point four nine among all the finalists. So this is a player who, and we saw. I think I think this playoff has showed that Kel McCarr is not just a good offensive defenseman. He he's his defensive ability is there. He's not just a guy that puts up the points. He does it in other ways. So, oh yeah, two hundred four. I do think it's going to be a very tough one, uh, but I still think Makar. He's got, he's got that reputation of just you know what he did this year, and and all, and as you mentioned, if he didn't miss those games, he could have set the record for goals by a defenseman this year in the cap era. Yeah, he probably could have. I think what Mike Green probably has that. I think he had a 30 goal season like back in 2008 or something like that. Um, For what it's worth, if you put any stock into the point shares category um, on uh, hockey reference, I'm I'm seeing here that Kale McCarr led the entire NHL with a 15.2 point shares. uh, So, which is essentially like hockey's version of war. I guess. Um, so 15 of Colorado's points attributed because of the performance of Kale McCarr, which is number one in the league. Roman Yossi, 13.9% or 13.9 point share from Yossi, 15.2 for Kale McCarr. So in terms of being more impactful, uh, that would mean that Kale McCarr, I guess, should be the player that wins potentially MVP according to the statistic, to be honest with you. But um, I think he he has a good shot to also win, uh, win himself the Norris trophy. All right, Dave, good stuff, fun stuff. Let's pray and hope for Michael Bunting today. I'm really hoping that that guy comes away with some hardware. He deserves it. He really, really does. If not, you might have to do the show solo tomorrow. Cause I'm just going to be, too upset. He's gonna be on strike. Mike's gonna be on strike. Yeah, that's it. I'm gonna be on strike. 
it's probably gonna happen we'll see nah i'll be here i'll gut it out i'll gut it out for all y'all all right that'll do it for us here today though dave uh thanks for everybody for listening and supporting the show you can subscribe to the lockdown these podcasts on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily leaves content follow myself on twitter at mickey underscore canuck follow dave at d underscore morisuti follow the show as well at lockdown leaves go ahead Smash that like button if you're here on YouTube. Leave a comment down below as well as to who you believe are going to run away and win the trophies uh, that will be given out tonight. So that's the Hart Trophy, the Ted Lindsay, the Calder, the Norris, and the Vesna. And uh, if you're listening on iTunes, I'd really appreciate it, actually, if you guys could take a moment and write a, write a review and give us a, a five-star rating, if you will. Let us know your thoughts on the podcast. That would also be greatly appreciated. And, Kind of help with the numbers, you know, so we can keep I w- keep going. I want to see us go up on the rankings. We got to yeah. be one of the better locked on NHL podcasts. So that's start. right. We got to beat locked on Sens and locked on Habs. That's that's our goal. Yeah. If you want us to be better than locked on Sens and locked on Habs, you gotta you gotta go in there into the iTunes rankings and you gotta write some nice reviews and some uh, some five star um, some five star ratings as well. Uh, really appreciate everybody for, for tuning in today, though. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On